we can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort it humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time I spent wrestling, if it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Change My Life podcast presented by Spartan Combat. This is your host, Ryan Warner. It's our second episode of the week. As I mentioned on the Nancy Schultz episode, we are re-releasing an old audio documentary today. This is our second ever audio documentary, and I know a lot of people have never listened to it. It's called Assembly Fall. It was released on June 30th, 2020. It's only fitting that we release it this week because the Illinois State Series begins this weekend. You have regionals this weekend, sectionals, and then state. And Assembly Fall is about one of the biggest upsets in Illinois history. Now, every audio documentary we do, we try to get better in every way possible. And so this is an old one, but it still holds up, and I hope you enjoy it. As we've mentioned, our sixth audio documentary will be going live this spring. It's on Henry Cejudo. But in the meantime, enjoy this oldie, oldie but goodie, Assembly Fall. Fan of the Week goes to our friend Curtis Blackwell out of Michigan, the proud new owner of a Wrestling Change My Life coffee mug. Thank you so much for your support, Curtis. We appreciate it. If you want to support the podcast, go to store.wrestlingchangemylife.com. Let's give it up for this audio documentary, Assembly Fall. Is this the biggest upset in Illinois history to you? Probably. I mean, that I can think of, yeah. So this would be the upset of the tournament. I think you could fairly say To me, what an upset is, is somebody that beats somebody that not only are the odds against them, but probably shouldn't beat them. You know, somebody that if you wrestled 10, 15, 20, 100 times, they would win 99 or, you know, that to me is what defines an upset, is somebody that probably should never win should never have won. Well, Matt Kukula has the attention of all those assembled at Assembly Hall because he's trying to do something nobody's ever done in high school, and that's beat Eric Tannenbaum. I mean, it was so loud. Probably, I've never heard it louder than that moment. Oh, he's in trouble again. He's in trouble. He's in trouble. You can just feel the adrenaline go up. It was one of those iconic moments. Is it the biggest upset in Illinois history? No. In our minds, it's not an upset. This is Assembly Fall. This is Ryan Warner, and you're listening to Assembly Fall, a story about an upset so big that it rivals Buster Douglas knocking out Mike Tyson. A story that takes place in Illinois, my home state, the land of Lincoln. Wrestling tradition runs deep here, and while you may think of Pennsylvania or Iowa as having great high school wrestling, I'm here to tell you that Illinois belongs in the conversation. We're especially proud of our state tournament. It's one of the toughest in the country, and it's held every February at the Assembly Hall. They're packing them in, as usual, at the Assembly Hall. Over 10,000 people are crowding into the Assembly Hall tonight. This is WrestleMania high school style. Don't take my word for it. Here's University of Michigan head wrestling coach Sean Bormet. You know, I think, you know, we're we're one of the top states in the country. Back in the 80s, he was one of the top wrestlers Illinois had to offer. He knows firsthand just how tough the state tournament is. We know that there's a lot of national 
champions in high school, you know, junior national champions, cadet national champions that, that, that don't win an Illinois state title. I mean, it's just that, that tough of a tournament and that tough of a state tournament. Now, over the years, we've seen our share of great wrestlers, but one name that always comes up when you're talking about best Illinois high school wrestlers ever is Eric Tannenbaum. I think Eric's, he's definitely in the conversation of being one of the, one of the greatest Illinois wrestlers. You're looking at Eric Tannenbaum from Naperville North High School. Tannenbaum in the blue is one of the bright young stars. He had exceptional leg attacks, great speed, long arms, you know, he's a good finisher, real tough kid. Tannenbaum burst on the scene in 2000, where he tasted the rare, sweet air of winning a state title as an undefeated freshman. So a freshman has won, and... No real surprise there. He was ranked number one in his weight class, but Eric Tannenbaum runs his record of 44 and 0. Eric was the total package there. He was very strong and very fast. That's Israel Martinez, commonly known as Izzy Style to the wrestling populace. He was Eric Tannenbaum's best friend and training partner growing up. And he had unbelievable smarts, right? That's obvious, right? But his ability that he was so fast and so strong was just, you know, unreal. Eric Tannenbaum had an incredible high school career. He won three state titles, and his record was 176 wins and one loss. No doubt, he should be in the conversation as one of the best wrestlers to ever come out of Illinois. But he's also included in another conversation, and that's the biggest upset. Because on February 17, 2001, in the IHSA state finals... Eric Tannenbaum was beat by Matt Kukula. This match, folks, I can't tell you how big this match is to Illinoisans. It's by far the most talked about, and it's debated to this day. If, in fact, it's the biggest upset of all time. So to put this argument to bed, I interviewed both guys, Eric Tannenbaum and Matt Kukula, as well as a host of their friends and coaches. And the one thing I realized is that there's more to the story than you and I know. Much more. So let's get to it. Have you even watched it? I think I watched it like a couple years ago when somebody posted it. That's the man himself, Eric Tannenbaum. Dr. Eric Tannenbaum, I should say. We're sitting at a hotel room in southern Indiana watching the match in question. I just remember the end of it. <laughs> That's literally it. Really? Yeah. To grasp the true significance of this match, we have to go back to where it all started. Back to Eric's childhood in Naperville, Illinois. So I started out um, kind of doing every sport. So my dad got, had me in soccer. I was in karate. Uh, I was in a little bit of everything. Eric was very active when he was young, and we always had to keep him busy. That's Mr. Tannenbaum, Eric's dad. At the tender age of seven, he and Mrs. Tannenbaum enrolled Eric in a youth wrestling club. I started wrestling really in socks for, for the first uh, six months, which is kind of funny thinking about it now. So he wrestled that whole summer in his socks. He was the only one wrestling in socks. That's right, folks. Eric Tannenbaum, one of the best that's ever been, started his wrestling career in socks. I hope you can understand just how uncool it is to show up to practice, let alone a tournament, in nothing but socks. Not surprisingly, little Eric Tannenbaum struggled early on. His first year, he was getting slammed, you know, because he didn't know what he was doing. But one thing that's certain about a young Eric Tannenbaum he had the will of a champion at an early age. No, he was very serious. He was serious about everything. He had to win at everything. He had to excel at everything. So he was, he was pretty focused from an early, early age. He was not carefree. <laughs> was not carefree. That's hilarious. Does that surprise you, though, to have someone describe you as a kid like that? No, I would say that's pretty accurate. I think part of it was that Whatever I thought was important, I thought was important to be competitive about. And as you can imagine, wrestling was very important to a young Eric Tannenbaum. And by the age of nine, he began training with one of the best youth coaches to walk the face of the earth, Jose Martinez. I didn't meet Jose probably until, I don't know, I want to say two years into wrestling. Jose's practices ran out of East Aurora High School, one of the toughest schools in the state. The wrestling room was like a scene out of Rocky II. It was small, dirty. Now there was, I remember one time when we, when we first started there, Jose came to Randy and I and he said, I'm telling you two things. Number one, if, some, if you break down or somebody tries to pull you over in East Aurora, just keep going. <laughs> and then he said, 
and check your bags and your sneakers and everything when you leave the wrestling room because you might have cockroaches in there. Now there was graffiti on the walls, uh, bullet holes in the in the glass regularly. They'd replace the glass and there'd be a different bullet hole in the top. I mean, the glass was at the top. It wasn't like it was, yeah. you know, so you probably weren't going to get hit. Um, and it's not like I was in there working out when a bullet hole went through, but people would shoot up that school and it was rough. The mats were like rock hard. It was a big change from the affluent streets of Naperville. Yeah, it was definitely a culture shock. That's Israel Martinez again, Jose's son. He remembers the first time that a young Eric Tannenbaum walked into the East Aurora gym. They were young, different kids from Naperville that uh, came into Aurora, the hood. For five days a week, nearly year round, Eric and his pops would make the trek to East Aurora. Under Jose's tutelage, Eric became a technician, drilling takedowns and setups for hours on end. Jose would break things down so that there was no chance that they would do it incorrectly. And then they would all drill and they did so much drilling, not as much live wrestling, mostly drilling. The other thing that Jose did that I thought was, I thought it was really special. And he remember he came up to me and he said, Mitch, most dads take their kids to tournaments they think they can win because they want to see them get the trophy. He said, we're going to take these kids to tournaments we think they're going to lose. And that's how they're going to get better. And just like that, Eric and his dad began traveling across the country with the Martinez family. I mean, we were finding there was some crazy outdoor tournaments where I remember they had to, the mats were so hot because it was in the middle of summer, they had to keep wiping them down. It was ridiculous. But I mean, <laughs> we would find we would find tournaments all over the state and country and just go to them. Like I said, we would try to find people that that would, um, you know, that could that could beat us. And it, and I, honestly, at some point in time, it was uh, my dad always jokes that he felt like it was like rolling into a place, opening the van, letting a bunch of pit bulls out. We'd go out, we'd just tear it up and come back in with the trophy. Eric was blossoming into a dominant youth wrestler. And along the way, he developed a nickname, The Rock. He was The Rock, right? So he didn't, he was a pounder. He was pounding you, he was hand fighting you, he was fast. So, you know, it's not, a, it's not often where you've got guys that are really strong and then really fast. After a few years of training with Jose, Eric was basically untouchable. He won state titles, national titles. He was one of the best middle school wrestlers in the country. But one of the drawbacks to training with Jose is that they spent almost all of their time on takedowns, ignoring mat wrestling. Yeah, Jose didn't spend a lot of time on the mat. For the most part, it was hyper-focused on, on takedowns. You know, I think it was one of those things where it wasn't as important to us because we were so focused on being so dominant on our feet. Which is all well and good most of the time. But what happens when a young Eric Tannenbaum runs into one of the best pinners in the state? And that's what happened to our little takedown machine the first time he wrestled Matt Kukula. Eric was in sixth grade, and he had never been pinned before. Do you remember wrestling with the Midwest Classic? Kukula? Yeah. No. Dude, we found this one. Check this out. I didn't even know I wrestled him twice. Sixth grade. Dude, you can see Jose. <laughs> what? Yes, we found it too. <laughs> Where did you find this? Watching the match footage, it's like a time capsule. You can see Jose Martinez on the left. He's wearing an Adidas t-shirt. He's pounding his fists. Israel's warming up in the background. And then on the right side is the Kukula corner. I want to say he got the first takedown, and then maybe we're scrambling around. I think I... May have chose chose bottom in that one, escaped and got a takedown and pin him maybe in two and a half minutes into the match. That, my friends, is Matt Kukula, the co-star of our story. He was in eighth grade and weighing a trim 79 pounds when he pinned Eric Tannenbaum. But his journey into wrestling began six years prior in the southwest suburb of New Lenox, Illinois. The Kukula household was blue-collar. His mom stayed at home, and his pops was a union electrician. He owned an electrical, electrical contracting company in this area. And that was always, you know, I would go with him when I was a kid on summers. And that was always what I wanted to do. So school was never a thing I liked. Kukula was crazy hyper as a kid. And to keep him off the walls, his parents enrolled him in wrestling. So in 1991-ish, uh, my parents, they, you know, they did the whole, you know, the t-ball, the soccer, everything else. And my mom just couldn't contain me. She said I was just constantly all over the place and there was a flyer on the wall that my brother and sister went to Providence and it was you know first year for Little Celtics and sure why not why not I was the youngest kid there uh, so that was literally the first time and I loved it that sense that's almost that's my longest love I always joke around is wrestling it's been over 30 years and that hasn't changed yet 
He was a little seven-year-old that came popping into the room. I can remember when he came and registered the first day. Really? Yeah. He never stopped bouncing. That's Billy Nowak. He and his twin brother Marty were the head coaches of the Little Celtic Wrestling Club, one of the most organized, well-oiled machines in the state. They were the feeder program for Providence Catholic. There's a lot of schools that have good wrestling tradition in Illinois, but Providence is Catholic is definitely a, among the best. The Celtics of Providence New Lenox, led by head coach Keith Healy, have defined the standard of excellence in IHSA wrestling. They won six titles in a row in the late 1990s and the 2000s, and I think they took second twice. Decorated team in state history, Providence New Lenox is back so, to I mean, not only defend... There's a heck of a tradition there. Even though Matt Kukula was joining the best kids club in the state, he was anything but a prodigy. Matt was, I wouldn't say Matt's the greatest natural athlete, no. He was also long for his size, standing several inches taller than most of his opponents. And he don't look like the toughest kid either, does he? But he is nails tough. He had to be to survive the Little Celtic wrestling room. Routinely full of 60-plus kids, the Nowak brothers ran the room with an iron fist. You know, the intensity was... It was incredible. I mean, they were bouncing each other off the walls. I mean, there was there was no stop, and there was no quarter given. You know, if you were crying, you'd have to uh, gather yourself. Remember where you were. Remember you're just working for a takedown or an escape. You know, and just because you're super tired, you know, doesn't mean you have you can lose it right now. You have to be able to gather yourself, just like in a tough match. They were not fun practices, but you loved it. To the point where like you'd be thrown up because you're working so hard, but you you see the reward when you win the titles as a team, when you win an, uh, an individual championship. Like you understand at that young age, well, if you want this, you're gonna have to work this hard. I mean, nothing in wrestling is handed to you, and the harder you work, the harder you push yourself, you get what you want. And those guys really did a good job teaching it to us. They also did a great job of teaching mat wrestling, and a long and gangly Matt Kukula gravitated towards it. He became obsessed with pinning people. His favorite hold was the Mills, a lethal pinning combination where you exert a tremendous amount of pressure on your opponent's neck as you drive them to their back. It was a, a lot of pressure. I'm ripping the head off. I'm trying to rip the head off, pushing down on that shoulder and lifting, like pushing down the head and lifting the shoulder up. Like that doesn't feel good to anybody. And just when you're, as you're going over, that's the part that hurts the most. It's almost like the only, the only way to relieve that pressure is to, for you to go to your back. Something's gonna go. You're either gonna go or your shoulder's gonna go because he would put some pressure on you. So put the pressure on as I'm driving you over, so you're like, well, this sucks, I'll just get pinned. And that makes it easier for me. Kukula became known statewide as a pinning specialist. After he stuck Tannenbaum in that eighth grade match, he went to high school at Providence. And as a freshman, he found himself in the team state championships against the hated Mount Carmel. This is double A, 103 pounds, Matt Casella for Providence. With the team title hanging in the balance, he went back to the old bread and butter, the Mills. Two-point reversal here for the Providence wrestler, Kukla. And he's running a Mills series. He's got the Mount Carmel wrestler in trouble, it's a fall. But 16 points. Kukla had come up clutch for his team and showed that the Mills worked even at the high school level. But ask any of his teammates, and you'll find that he's better known for the time he got the whole team backstage passes to Motley Crue. So I was in the elevator with Nikki Six. Mind you, Providence is at the Team State Championship, and they're less than 24 hours out from wrestling. And so like, I'm talking for like two seconds, like, hey, what are you guys doing here? They told me, oh, we're in, we're in town for a concert right, right across the street. And I'm like, this is amazing. I love Motley Crue. Long story short, the bodyguard gives all of us all access passes, either front row or backstage. I'm like, well, we'll, we'll hang out front row at first, then we'll go backstage. So next thing, there's probably 28 of us wearing our Providence warm-ups with our, we have a little Motley Crue stickers that say all access on them. I'm sophomore in high school, time of my life. You know, this is, this is the greatest thing ever. And herein lies the big difference between Eric Tannenbaum and Matt Kukula. Tannenbaum was all business all the time. Kukula was all business during the match, but enjoyed himself afterwards. But heading into his senior year, Kukula had still come up short on his lifelong goal, winning a state title. And it wasn't going to be easy. The number one kid at his weight was Eric Tannenbaum. Most wrestlers were avoiding the rock, either going up or down a weight class, anything to avoid wrestling the takedown Terminator. 
But Kukla wasn't intimidated. It was like, if I'm going to win, I'm going to have to beat someone good. I'd rather beat someone good than say, well, you won because you had the easiest bracket in the state that year. You got to love and admire Matt Kukula's mindset and his fearlessness. But it was foolish. Eric Tannenbaum was on another level and showed no signs of being beat, let alone by Matt Kukula, who had never even won a state title. I asked him if he knew what he was getting himself into by going the same way as Tannenbaum. Were you aware of the undefeated season yet before? Yes, and I'm also aware how devastatingly fast on his feet he is. So going into the 2000-2001 season, the same season in which the big upset takes place, here's the scene. Eric Tannenbaum is ranked number one. He's a defending state champion and has never lost in high school. A stat that still boggles the mind to speak. Whereas Matt Kukula, this long, wild pinner, he's ranked number two. And fortunately for us folks, these two wrestled at an early season tournament. Tannenbaum was the prohibitive favorite, but hey, styles make matchups, and this was a clash of styles. Eric was such a, 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 a takedown machine, a takedown terminator. Because after you got taken down six, six times, you know, and he's cutting you, and you have no chance. I mean, your spirit is broken. And then you got Matt on top of you, and you can't get him off, and your shoulder's hurting, your neck's hurting. He's pounding on your neck on his feet, being patient, looking for his shots. And then he gets on top of you, and he's ruthless like that. In addition to the stylistic matchup, there was also the question of size. Because by this point, Matt Kukula was standing at 5'10", and was a massive 125-pounder. He was cutting from 143 on a weekly basis. Whereas Tannenbaum, he was just a sophomore and had bumped up from 112. And I think prior to that match, maybe I was a little, you know, nervous about, hey, this is this kid's older than me. He's, you know, the rumors, oh, he's going to, whenever there's a pinner, everybody's going to tell you there's going to be some rumors that he's going to pin you. And he was a big 125 pounder, so. Matt Kukula was feeling bullish heading into the early season test. I'm heavier than Eric. I'm older than him. Like, in my mind, I'm like, I've been here before. Like, this is, this is my senior year. I'm not, he's not getting my way. On Saturday, November 25th, two months after the Sydney Olympics, Tannenbaum and Kukula took to the mat. I want to say maybe the first 12 seconds of that match was going good, and then he just opened up a can of whoop ass. So I think it was just the typical Jose Martinez way of, you know, shooting in, take him down, let him up, take him down, let him up. Um, it looked, you know, like once I had become comfortable enough that I knew I could score, then it was just kind of attacking and going. It was, it was going through the motions. Going through the motions? Against the number two kid in the state? Yes, folks. That's how good Eric Tannenbaum was. He unleashed an assault of takedowns of Matt Kukula and won the match easy, 12-6. to 6. Eric's got phenomenal speed. Everyone knows, everyone watches him. Hey, he's got speed, he can take you down. I knew it was coming. I just didn't do anything to stop it. I walked right into all of his setups, just to the point where just like he embarrassed me out there. And this is my senior year. I'm like, this is not how it's supposed to go. Like I wanted to go undefeated senior year and help my team win their fifth title. Like they had, I had goals that I wrote down the year before, like the season, before, sorry, weeks before. And I, third match of the year, I already failed at being undefeated. He also found out firsthand why Tannenbaum's nickname is the Rock. His head is a fucking rock. He can knock you over the. His head was just boom. It was right there. He was so fast. It was. It was not fun wrestling him. I'm sure every other kid in high school can tell you the exact same thing. Like he'll take you down. It was a routine win for Tannenbaum, a takedown display, and he was still undefeated in high school. But for Kukula, it was a major setback. Not only had he been embarrassed as a senior, but he had made a strategic blunder. He failed to take top when it was his choice. It never dawned on me. Well, let me try getting on top. I decided, hey, do what every other kid does. If my choice for down, I'm going to get out. I'll get a takedown. He just cut me right away. So it was like, in my mind, I didn't wrestle the right match. Even though the match was a blowout, the onlookers couldn't help but wonder what would have happened had Kukula gotten a chance to ride Tannenbaum, including Mr. Tannenbaum. So I didn't really look at that match as being a good barometer of what to expect. If you, don't, if you don't have to go underneath and you win the match, it doesn't really mean that you can feel confident the next time because he's so tough on top. 
And I just didn't, part of me wanted to say to Eric during the year, you really should be training to try to um, defend, you know, the Mills, because that's the series that, you know, Kukla was great at doing. After the match, Tannenbaum went back to his daily regiment of three workouts a day and paid little attention to Kukula. I guess I didn't realize how early in the season that tournament or that match was, but that probably was why we just, you know, just kept doing everything the same as I did before, is because, you know, despite, regardless of what he was doing to other people, you know, I hadn't ever been threatened on my back during that match. Um, probably wasn't even a, a worry. Meanwhile, back at Providence Catholic, Kukula was obsessing over the loss. He only had three months until the state finals and had just been embarrassed by the number one guy in the state. He was the bad guy in my, in, in my, in, in my dream of being a state champ that year. An undefeated state champ, he already crushed the undefeated part. And I, in my mind, I knew for sure it was just me and him. There was no one else that would come close to him, no one else that come close to me, and I just knew, hey, this is, this is the guy that I gotta train for. I have, luckily it was the beginning of the season. Gave me a whole couple months to kind of, you know, bring myself back. Why did I get taken down? What could I do to stop it? How did I wrestle this match different next time? Because there was going to be a next time. After Kukula's first match with Tannenbaum, he knew he needed help and enlisted the services of all-time great Providence wrestler Sean Bormet. Here is Sean Bormet. Who was as close to a living god as you could possibly be for a Providence wrestler. State champ this year, undefeated, 52-0, 47 pins. He remembers the first time that he drove to the Kukulas to watch the match from the Conant tournament. I just remember, I remember clearly like sitting down with Matt and I'm watching this match and in my head I'm thinking like, wow, uh, I'm not sure I'm going to help him because <laughs> this kid just took him down six times, you know. Matt Kukula remembers that film session as well. I've never been picked apart before in my life on a match, like he would watch it, pause it, watch it, pause it. Bormet watches wrestling film like a jeweler studies a fine diamond. And he can see things that the average person otherwise would miss. And so I started to just break down positioning first, you know, like in, in, in that first match, I just remember seeing him like, it got to a point he was, he was competing pretty well early, but then he started going back to the line. And when the whistle blew, he was standing high. He was sta sometimes his hands were on his knees. Sometimes he wasn't moving his feet off the whistle. And, you know, and Eric started rifling off those, those shots from space and, and taking them down pretty easily, uncontested, really. Even with an all-time great like Sean Bormet in your corner, Kukula only had four weeks until the state tournament. So they spent their entire time focusing on ways to stop Eric Tannenbaum's takedowns. Main thing was, don't get embarrassed. Stop his shots, get a takedown, so I can get on top. You know, I kind of told him, uh, I knew he ran the mills, and he was really successful with it. Uh, the way he used it, he, was, he rode the position high like you should. He had long arms, a lot of forward pressure with his hips, um, and he was a pinner. You know, so I, I just told him, you, you, uh, you got to make it count when you're on top. You're going to have a couple chances on top, and you got to make it count. As the season winded down, Bormet and Kukla continued to meet every Sunday at the Providence Room, working on ways to stop Tannenbaum's takedowns. But on the mat, Kukla cemented himself as one of the state's all-time great pinners. Talking about Matt Kukla, uh, talking about a guy coming on. Man. The long and lengthy Kukla now had over 100 high school pins. If I was a college coach, I'd be looking at him. He's a prototype college wrestler. Yeah, he certainly is at 125. 20 miles to the north, Eric Tannenbaum had finished the season undefeated for a second straight year. He was now 83-0. But at this point, winning had taken on a new meaning. Is it still enjoyment or is it more relief? Um, unfortunately, I would, I would agree it was probably more relief. I think once you win something... Not, I can't speak for everybody, but once I kind of won something and, it, and mentally it was kind of checked off as something that I'd accomplished, um, I mean, you can't win it anymore. It's not like racing where you can beat your time or something. You know, you either won it or you lost it. Um, and so I, I do think that it was more relief. The pressure of perfection drove Eric Tannenbaum to work harder than most people can possibly imagine. But one thing he wasn't doing was preparing for Matt Kukula and that lethal pinning combination, the Mills. 
I guess, you know, my training at that time just wasn't as sophisticated in terms of I just showed up to practice, we did our moves, and I drilled the same things I knew, and I, I never really thought about watching tape on somebody that, you know, was going to be my main competition. The Tannenbaums had no idea that Matt Kukula was working with Bormet and that they were game planning a specific strategy to stop Eric's takedowns. But they would find out soon enough at the 2001 IHSA State Tournament. The Illinois State Tournament, one of my favorite events of the year. Here's how it works. Wrestling starts Friday morning, and over the course of the next two days, the best wrestlers in the state advance through a double elimination bracket until they arrive at the finals, where there's just two wrestlers left. And by Saturday morning, both Eric Tannenbaum and Matt Kukla had advanced to the 125-pound state final. They would wrestle in just under five hours. That day, I was, I was, in, a good, I was in a good head that day. I, it, was, it was my last time to do something. And you know what, as of right now, I, I remember sitting there in my hotel room getting ready. I took a shower before the finals. I remember in the shower thinking to myself, not that I want to lose, but like if I did lose, I've done a pretty good, I've had a pretty good career. I already had over 100 pins, 170 some wins. Like I knew that that could stand alone, but that was not what I wanted. Like I wanted the state title. Like I wanted to finish it off with something that like I've seen my former teammates from Little Celtics and high school achieve in high school. Like it was, it was fun to, to try to, to match what they're all doing. Across town, Tannenbaum was isolating himself. For the most part, laying real low, watching some TV, you know, and just kind of staying in the room, getting out a little bit here and there. But a lot of it was trying to just avoid people. At 5 p.m., Assembly Hall opened for the final session of the 2001 state tournament, the finals. Fox Sportsnet presents the Illinois High School Association Individual Wrestling Championship. Two hours until match time. 15,000 fans poured into Assembly Hall. All anyone could talk about was the Tannenbaum-Kukula match. That snowball was rolling downhill and everybody was looking forward to that match. Kukula was a massive underdog. He had been drummed by Tannenbaum earlier in the year and few gave him a realistic shot of winning. How many people in the arena thought he was gonna win? Me and my brother and his mom and dad and uh, hopefully, you know, Scott Richardson and hopefully the other coaches. Him, self, Matt. Even the secret weapon, Sean Bormet, acknowledges that his guy was a massive underdog. Uh, I would, I mean, I would definitely say Eric was, was the favorite. Eric Tannenbaum was the betting favorite, but don't get it twisted. Everyone in that arena, except for his coaches and family, wanted to see him lose. You know, and Jose Martinez used to always say it's lonely at the top. And I would agree. When you're, you know, when you're undefeated and you're 86 and 0, there's going to be some people that, you know, love it, want to see you keep winning, but there's a huge portion of people that want to see you lose just to see you lose. 90 minutes until match time. And by this point, the arena is full to the brim, and the energy in the air is that of anticipation because everyone knows that the Grand March is next. If, if you have never experienced Illinois' Grand March, you'd have to go. I would say it's your number one thing for a wrestling fan. It's phenomenal. It's majestic. Everybody is respectful to those people that have spent all year with their eyes laser-focused on that prize. That was Billy Nowak. Here's Israel Martinez. He's been in three Grand Marches. The Grand March is uh, second to none around the world. Sean Borme. Every kid, you know, wants to be in the Grand March, you know, I mean, because, you, you know, obviously you want to win that tournament, and when you're in the finals, you know, the goal is to win it, but, you know, the, the guy who takes second is also in the Grand March, you know, it's a special, it's a special event, and uh, I think, you know, all the kids that grow up wrestling in the state of Illinois and watch it over the years, I mean, it's, they, they want to participate in it, they want, you know, I know for me, I, I wanted to be in it, because I also wanted my coach in it, and I wanted my school represented in it. The Illinois Grand March. It's our annual parade of finalists. Just speaking those words, folks, brings a chill to the bone. And if you've never been to it, you'll know when it starts because the entire arena, all of Assembly Hall, goes pitch black. 
for five seconds. And then, the darkness is broken by that all-familiar sound as the athletes walk out of the tunnel. The moment you walk out, your adrenaline's up. You know, you look around, you know there's youth boys there, you know there's beginner wrestlers, you know there's guys seventh, eighth grade that are coming there. Most importantly, you know there's older guys, that guys that have been there before, and it's it's such a legendary experience. Um, it gives you chills, you know? Chills, tears, whatever you want to call it, it'll make a man weep. I've cried several times just listening to this song for this documentary. But that year... There was a twist. It was the year that someone decided, hey, let's give every participant in the crowd glow sticks because they thought it would look cool, which it did look cool, but then you hand out a bunch of glow sticks to a bunch of wrestlers and some of them have probably been drinking before the finals and I just remember them throwing all the glow sticks on the, on the mat. 20,000 glow sticks are flying, hitting all of us in the Grand March. It was just something that probably would have been kind of funny as a high school kid at the time, but since you're in the zone and there's nerves and stuff, I just kind of noted it and that was that. Like, it, you know, it wasn't anything else. Cause again, you're trying to stay super focused for what you're, you know, trying to accomplish. After each finalist is paraded to the center of the mat, the lights slowly turn on. And now we're 15 minutes away from wrestling. 15 minutes until a lifelong dream is either realized or shattered. Mr. Tannenbaum, sat quietly in his seat, knowing that the entire arena would be cheering against his son. Yeah, well, I can, I can just obviously tell you what my feelings were. It was, it's, um, it's pretty nerve-wracking. And everybody's focusing on the same two kids out there. And you know how hard each one of those kids has practiced and how difficult it is for them to lose. Billy Nowak was pacing. Uh, I walked around the assembly hall around and around on the second or third level over there before he had to go down to the tunnel. Sean Bormet was nestled into the Providence section. In the tunnel, Tanabam and Kukula were just a few feet from each other. They had less than 10 minutes until their match started. You know, the, the emotions at the time were all nerves. I just remember like thinking in my head, just kept saying, this is it. This is the last match. Like, this is what I've worked for. Was this tournament? Was this exact match? I'm here. And I just remember just flipping a switch and just not thinking about anything else at that match. I was in such a zone for all those matches and so mentally just preparing myself that it, it's, you know, there's not, that's all I remember is really just preparing mentally to, to step out of the mat. And as soon as the whistle blows, it's, it's like you're entering a different world. And finally, we've arrived at the big match, the main event, the crescendo of our story, the 125-pound state final between Kukula and Tannenbaum. Eric was wearing a navy singlet, whereas Kukula had the Providence green and white. No one could have predicted what was going to happen next. Matt Kukala has his work cut out. Uh, Matt Kukala taking on Eric Tanneman uh, right now. You see Eric. The match started predictably. Tannenbaum shot three times and was even in deep. But Kukla had heavy hips that night and was able to fend off the early attacks. This is Eric Tannenbaum. As I said, he's an outstanding wrestler, 86-0 record over two years. But then 45 seconds into the match, we had our first score. Tannenbaum took a poor shot. Kukla downblocked and was close to getting a goal behind. There's Kukla coming around trying for a reverse cradle. Trying to score the takedown. So I remember thinking, holy shit, I'm going to score a takedown. I remember thinking, don't give up this takedown, because if you give up the takedown, he's on top. You're going to have a hard time getting out, and then he's up 2 nothing. If he gets around and covers his hips, that'll be two for a takedown. There it is. Two oh. points. Apparently, Mr. Co and then right away, I just instinctively went to the mills. And then all of a sudden, I think it was like immediately after the takedown, it looked pretty, pretty close to after. All of a sudden, you're in this Mills that people had talked about that you kind of hadn't really thought much about. There's a, a Mills series half Nelson. Oh, Eric's in trouble. He's in trouble. He's on his back. He is in trouble. Huge upset if this happens. For the first time in his high school career, The Rock was on his back with 15,000 fans watching, including Kukula's youth coach, Billy Nowak. I remember being in the stands and watching that and just losing my mind. 
I mean, it was so loud. Probably, I've never heard it louder than that moment. The quiet and then the eruption. Here's Sean Bormet. I just remember, and I remember that first takedown Matt got and put him to his back, the crowd went crazy. I mean, it was so loud in Assembly Hall. When he put him on his back the first time, you could just feel the adrenaline go up. So let's recap. Kukula took Tannenbaum down and put him to his back with the Mills to take a 4-0 lead. Eric was able to fight off his back, and the first period came to a close. Well, Matt Kukula has the attention of all those assembled at Assembly Hall because he's trying to do something nobody's ever done in high school, and that's beat Eric Tannenbaum. As the second period got underway, Eric Tannenbaum showed the 15,000 fans why he's known as the takedown machine. Here goes uh, Tannenbaum. Scored two-point takedown. Now he's going to turn him loose. Eric Tannenbaum didn't get to 86-0 by quitting, and he wasn't going to start now. He trails 5-2 at this point. And there he goes again. He'll be relentless. You can count on that. There's another takedown for Eric Tannenbaum. Kukula was starting to unravel. His entire game plan hinged on not being embarrassed, not being taken down over and over by Eric Tannenbaum. And on the second takedown, the Rock's head collided with Kukula, breaking his nose. So that second takedown, once again, this is where the whole Rock thing comes in. Like, he just, just, I mean, nothing, nothing he did was intentional. It just hits his, his phenomenal shot, just met my face and my nose particularly, and it just was just, boom, right away I felt that. And my, yeah, your, your eyes start tearing up, and then broke pretty much right away, they were saying. To add insult to injury, Tannenbaum scored another takedown, his third in about 40 seconds. You can tell he's a, he's a champion because he's not flustered, he's not frustrated, he's just doing, it, doing things the way he should be doing. There's another takedown. And suddenly it's tied at sixes. He trailed four zip and now it's six. six Tannenbaum nine. cut Kukula, making the score seven to six in favor of Matt. But things were not looking good, ladies and gentlemen. Tannenbaum was back on his takedown assault and Kukula was hanging on. At that time, it was almost like a whirlwind. Like he was so fast and I was so like, I wasn't out of I was just like, wow, this is a, uh, this turned, this turned really different. Sean Bormet. You know, he started to unravel in that second period quite a bit. And, it, and, it, and it, so it felt like he was losing. I would hear my coaches just kind of scream because I mean, their kid's getting destroyed. Mm -hmm. Giving up, you know, six points like that is not something you want to see your kid in the state finals do. But the onslaught wasn't over, folks. Tannenbaum was down 7-6, to six, but with 30 seconds left, he was inches away from yet another takedown. Matt Kukula has got uh, front headlock series, but Tannenbaum's trying to drag out of it. And, uh, they stopped uh, that match at that point. You can hear the crowd's not very happy with that official's call. The infamous blood time. Here's what we know, folks. Just as Tannenbaum was dragging out and about to score his fourth takedown, the ref stopped the match. The crowd went crazy. Tannenbaum's coaches were irate. But it turns out, Kukula's broken nose was gushing blood. And they had to stop it. The call didn't sit well with Mr. Tannenbaum. You know, I could see you stopping the match if it's um, potentially dangerous. But for blood time in the middle of a takedown? The blood time prevented a fourth Tannenbaum takedown and the go-ahead lead. It allowed everyone in the arena to catch their breath, including Matt Kukula. You can see in that match uh, at the state championships, there was a moment where he started to uh, get unfocused and came out of his stance, started to get overwhelmed. You know, and then I think he was able to get his composure a little bit when, when that blood time came. After the blood time ended, the final few seconds ticked off the clock and the second period came to a close. The score was 7-6, to six, Kukula. But it had been a wild period. Over nine points were scored. Tannenbaum had fought his way back into the match. And now all eyes were on Matt Kukula, as it was his choice for position in the third. He looked to his coaches, who gave him the thumbs up. I was hoping to God they would have told me top. I knew I wanted to take top. And as soon as I looked over and I saw he gave the thumbs up, I'm like, thank God. I don't have to tell you how rare it is for someone with a one-point lead to choose top of the third period. And when Kukula did that, it sent a chill through the entire arena. My stomach was jumping because Matt was on was going to go on top. And we're thinking, he could do it. He, we're going we're to be positive. He could do it. He could do it. He could do it. You know, at the same time, man, you're, the heartburn is, I mean, you're just like, oh, I'm sick to my stomach. And uh, 
screaming. I can't say I was not sitting in the in my chair. I'm sure I sure I got up and was in the little tunnel. Finally, the fans would get to see Matt Kukula right Eric Tannenbaum. It was the crescendo of the whole match. Kukula was just two minutes away from a state title, and all he had to do was right Eric Tannenbaum. Here's Sean Bormet. His confidence in the top position, specifically against Eric, was much higher. You know, he, at that point, he was in a position where he, he, he didn't have to pin him or turn him. He had to ride him for the entire period. Mm-hmm. You know, more, more back points was a bonus, and you know, the pin was going to win the match for him. But I think his confidence in his ability to ride him the entire period was really high. The third period began with the crowd in an absolute frenzy. We are in the third period, and the defending state champion, the sophomore Eric Tannenbaum, is trailing by one with Mike Kukula, or Matt Kukula, excuse me, riding him and trying to ride home an upset. 7-6 is the score right now. Early in the period, Tannenbaum struggled to get to his feet. I mean, I knew I had to get out, so I was desperately trying to stand up. But on the second restart, Tannenbaum did get to his feet and was inches away from an escape until Kukula dropped down to a single leg. Tannenbaum trying to get away. Now that signal there is potentially dangerous. His knee was... Tannenbaum's best shot at escaping was gone. And as he walked back to the center of the mat, Barmet noticed a change in his demeanor. You know, the time he almost got away, you know, I just noticed his body language change. You could see him panicking a little. The crowd was on pins and needles, folks, as action resumed with just over a minute to go in the third. Here's Matt Kukula. And I remember when the rep blew the whistle, just right away, just slink that half in there. And when I got out to, you know, get my pressure on him, and his head was on the, I remember watching his head on the mat, like thinking, this is it, like this is where I want his head already. It's there, and then when I sunk that Mills in. There comes that Mills series half again. There goes uh, the bloody nose. Oh, there it is. Oh, he's in trouble again. He's in trouble. He's in big trouble. He's there's counting the near fall points. He's got three near fall now. For the second time in the match, Kukula had put Tannenbaum on his back with the Mills. I kept thinking in my head, as I'm driving him over, I'm like, as I'm watching, you know, Ron call the, the near falls, I'm like, worst case, I win by points. But I remember myself watching Eric's shoulders the whole time. I'm like, I'm going to watch this go down. Like, if, 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 if I don't get the pin, I'm going to get the near fall. I'm going to win 10 to 6. I mean, this is all going through my head, like, either either going to win or you're going to pin him. And then, sure enough, I started, you know, squeezing the head tighter and tighter. And there, oh, he's in trouble. He's close. Tannenbaum's in trouble. A minute remaining in the third period. Tannenbaum may oh. be going down and he is. is. the upset of the tournament. Matt Kukula wins by fall. Matt Kukula has upset Eric Tannenbaum, who had never lost in high school. This, this After the pin was called, Assembly Hall was in a state of chaos. People were jumping, screaming, high-fiving, while Mr. Tannenbaum sat quietly in his seat. And it seemed like everyone's, and I might just be exaggerating it because that's how it felt to me, but it seemed like everyone was up on their feet screaming. And, you know, I'm seeing these giant smiles on adults' faces, and I'm thinking, why would, he's a 15-year-old kid out there. You know, why would you be so happy that he lost? As Kukula celebrated... And the fans cheered. Tannenbaum laid on his back with his hands above his head. It's hard to remember, you know, I mean, there was so much emotion after, you know, at least that night. I mean, when you haven't lost for two years, pretty much, it's, you don't even know. It's just, I don't know, you're just not used to it. Right. It'd been so long, you just are, you feel like it's never going to happen again Mm -hmm. in a weird way. Mr. Tannenbaum could only watch as Eric shook Kukula's hand and shuffled into the tunnel and out of sight from the crowd. Um, and I could see that I could see his shoulders were down, and he looked pretty despondent. But um, you know, I knew that he would. I knew that he would be fine, and that he would recognize that it's a match. It's not you know somebody's health, and that it wasn't the first wrestling match he's lost. He's lost before, and he knew he'd lose again. Word of the upset traveled fast. Israel Martinez, who was at the junior college nationals, remembers the moment. He got the call. And you're like, what? Come on, this ain't real. No way Eric got pinned. And this was way back in the day. There wasn't text messages and videos and Instagram. And, you know, it took a minute for it to sink in that it was real. That, you know, he he got caught and pinned by a kid that he was toying with earlier in the year. After the finals were over, 
and assembly hall laid empty, the Providence team poured into the lobby at the Holiday Inn to begin the celebrations. Now, do you remember what you did that night? Yes, I do. Vividly. Nothing. I was in a lot of pain in my nose. My nose was busted up. I remember just like, remember just asking uh, Christine Healy, I'm like, do you have any Tylenol? And next thing you know, it's, it's my head was coming. So I'm like, take some Tylenol. I laid down and probably went to bed. That was about it. Very boring. Mr. and Mrs. Kukula held the party down while Matt slept. It was a tradition. If your kid won state at Providence, they threw your, your dad in the pool. So I, I missed the Mr. Reynolds and my dad getting tossed in the pool party. That was fun. I've seen the videos. It looks fun, but I was upstairs sleeping. Five miles across town, you could see a shadow working out in the Illinois wrestling room. It was Eric Tannenbaum. I just started working out all night and then until someone came and grabbed me and dragged me out of there. And then uh, I remember I was just hitting blast doubles on Adam. I mean, nobody was in there with me. And then they, you know, I remember I went to the hotel and it was just, it was just, it felt surreal. Um, it just didn't feel like it happened. I mean, I'm not comparing to when, you know, I'm not necessarily directly comparing it to when like somebody dies and you don't feel like it doesn't feel real yet. And then it kind of takes a few days to set in, but that's kind of the best way I can explain in terms of how long it took to set in to like, to realize, mm -hmm. damn, I lost, you know? Eric Tannenbaum would never lose another high school match. He'd go on to win two more state titles as well as numerous national titles before enrolling at Michigan. Once he got there, he became a model student athlete, becoming a four-time All-American and an NCAA national finalist. Today, he's an orthopedic surgeon in Southern Indiana. After graduating from Providence, Matt Kukula became an electrician. He'd go on to take over his dad's business, and today, he resides in a suburb not far from where he grew up. And the match itself, folks, what well, stood the test of time? It's still the most talked about finals bout in history and is used by coaches statewide as an example that you could never count out the underdog. The, the poise that Matt Kukla had is, is something that all young wrestlers should, should watch, but also anybody that's in a weight class where they think the guy's unbeatable. He's not. Everyone's beatable. But it's also used as an example of how to come back from defeat. How to come back and fight when your lifelong goal has been ripped from your fingers, as it was for Eric Tannenbaum. And that's the end of our story, folks. Thank you so much for spending the last 50 minutes with us. I love producing these audio documentaries, and we're going to keep doing it. The only question still unsolved is whether or not this is the biggest upset in finals history. We'll let you be the judge. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wrestling Changed My Life. This episode was brought to you by our online store. Go to store.wrestlingchangemylife.com if you want to support this podcast. We'll see you next week with our regular programming of new episodes. Peace!